0: You've probably heard of Stanford's search fund study. This is a report on key data from traditional search funds in North America going back to 1984. Lots of the data about search you'll see referenced is sourced from this study. There's only one issue. The Stanford study covers traditional search funds only. It does not cover the market of self-funded search. So there's precious little data out there on trends and characteristics across self-funded searches the very type of search that most Acquiring Minds guests did, and that you are probably doing too. Well, Live Oak Bank is trying to remedy this. They've just completed a survey of self-funded searchers that they made loans to. And in this interview, I talked to Live Oak's Lisa Forrest about some of the findings from this first-of-its-kind dataset. I think you'll find these interesting. Enjoy this mini-episode with Lisa Forrest of Live Oak Bank. (music) Welcome to Acquiring Minds, a podcast about buying businesses. My name is Will Smith. Acquiring an existing business is an awesome opportunity for many entrepreneurs. And on this podcast, I talk to the people who do it. Lisa Forrest, thank you for joining me today on Acquiring Minds.
1: Thank you for having me, Will. Always appreciate it.
0: Lisa, you are a familiar name and face in the world of acquisition entrepreneurship. You work on the search team at Live Oak Bank providing SBA loans to entrepreneurs who buy businesses. Your team does many, many search deals every year and has really made a name for itself as as one of the leading lenders in the space. You've come on today to share with us some of the findings of a survey that your team at Live Oak recently conducted I have um, this is a bit of a sneak peek you're going to be releasing this data to the public here shortly um, but uh, thank you for for kind of sharing this with our audience uh, in an early fashion um, people are going to love this data it's super interesting please give us an intro tell us about what this survey was Lisa
1: Well, again, Lisa Forrest, a co-director along uh, along with my partner, Heather Anderson. We uh, lead our search fund sponsor team over at Live Oak Banks. Thanks for having us. Appreciate that. So in the world of search fund, um, everyone's familiar with the Stanford study uh, from the standpoint of the traditionally funded searchers. um, Endurance um, search partners uh, surveyed uh, some of their traditional uh, searchers last year. I think they released it earlier this year and and on the self-funded search side of things which is really um more of a sort of a, a newer animal uh, a newer um hybrid on on the search theme I think we on the self-funded side of the ecosystem have grappled with how do we survey the self-funded searchers we've got certainly those known um Lenders in the marketplace—we're all, you know, really good friends and respect one another. So, so do lenders get together and survey? Do we do we work with the investors in the marketplace to to put the survey together? Do we work with the business schools? So we've been grappling with this. Well, Heather and I just said, well, what if we just take a shot at trying this? Let's just let's just start, and we decided to just survey some of the CEOs in our portfolio, all self-funded searchers, um, going the self-funded search fund uh, model using that, the self-funded search fund model. We decided just to survey our, our own portfolio as a starting point. And uh, we were kind of really surprised, pleasantly surprised, intrigued by the responses. Um, we got 49 responses back next year. We're going to um, try to kind of boost up the robustness of it. But uh, we thought it was an interesting starting point And we, we hope the ecosystem um, thinks that the information is uh, directional.
0: And Lisa, you're uh, the CEOs that you surveyed. So this is this. How far back were you guys doing search deals, self-funded search deals?
1: So we started with our first self-funded search deal back in 2017.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So this um, but largely this is going to be, uh, you know, as we sort of gain momentum, uh, we had kind of critical mass really in sort of 2019. 2020, um, and certainly 2018, but these are going to be respondents that have been in our portfolio, and the bulk of them uh, were in 2019 and 2020. Okay, great. All right. So, which is interesting. So, we have a little bit of pre-COVID, uh, during COVID CEOs yeah. that we were booking loans for. So, we were trying to isolate that, and I, I don't know. We're 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 bankers. We're not, you know. Uh, you know, professional statisticians, <laughs> statisticians. or like yeah. question askers. So we just try to take people we know really well, and just try to ask some we thought you know interesting questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that explains why on one of those questions or a couple of the questions, the the commentary on um, on labor challenges and supply chain challenges. I mean, that has all of the the. The scent of of COVID times, (laughs) Um, just to just to piggyback on um, what you just said, kind of about the data or lack thereof for self funded. Just um, for anybody who attended the debate that um, Acquiring Minds hosted between Greg Geronimus about traditional search fund representing traditional search funds, Robert Graham representing the um, self funded search model. You know, one of the things that came up in that debate was how. Um, traditional search funds have this data set in the form of the Stanford study with a well-known Stanford study. Um, and there wasn't one on the self-funded side. So it was kind of this, um, this acute glaring uh, absence of data that, we, that, we, that, the, uh, that the industry has for the self-funded side, which is frustrating on many levels. So it's awesome that you guys, and Live Oak Bank seems like a, a, a great entity to step in and try to fill that void. Without further ado, let's get into some of these findings, Lisa. So, so um, there are um, what were how many questions were there in total? Twenty or twenty-seven.
1: Twenty-seven questions.
0: Okay, so we're not going to go. Mm-hmm. I was go just going to
1: say mostly on the acquisition part of the process, but then yeah. we did throw in a few. You're, you're in your CEO seat, are you thinking of recapping? Are you thinking of strategic acquisitions? How did the supply chain hit you? Any labor constraint issues once you transitioned and you were in your CEO seat? So there were a smattering of questions in that regard. Uh, the bulk of the questions focused on your, the acquisition process yeah, itself. The
0: search, yeah, exactly. So um, so we're obviously we're not gonna go through all 27. Uh, we're just gonna go through uh, a handful of them. And uh, the ones that really jumped out at me that I think are most interesting, and you and I, you and I, on our pre-call, kind of agreed that we, we, some of these findings, we, we both, some of the same things jumped out at both of us. So let's start with one of the questions about um, where folks found their deal. So you, you asked, how did you find your deal? Three, the three answers, the, th- the three possible answers were proprietary, brokered, or pro- their professional network what were, what were the findings, Lisa?
1: Yeah. So, uh, we came up with about 70% of the respondents said that they got their deals for the broker network, which I think would, you know, kind of resonate. That would be a, a comf, comf, confirmatory answer. I think the, um, the viewpoint is that most self-funded searchers get their deals for the broker network, which, um, it sounds like they do, uh, at least for our CEOs. And then what the interesting part was, is that, uh, 10% came through proprietary search and then 12% actually came through the searchers own professional networks. Right. Um, so that, that was just interesting. I would have thought it would have sort of been like 70, 30, but there's this other sort of piece in there that, and we, we left the question other and then it was filled in with professional networks. Ah. So I, we thought that that was really, really interesting. So keeping in contact with your, um, you know, um, alum your, you know, work network. And interestingly enough, there were even like, you know, your neighborhood, there were, there were quite a handful of uh, searchers that got deals just through people they know in the neighborhood.
0: Wow. Yeah. I don't think,
1: Interesting. I, I
0: hope I don't misspeak here, but I don't think a single one of my guests has gotten a deal from their, from their professional network. So that was, that kind of really surprises me. The um, And I have to say, Lisa, I was actually also surprised about the preponderance of brokered deals at almost 80% because 70, uh, 77, 70, 70, yeah, 77, 78, because, um, I mean, I, I know that, I mean, most of my guests do get them brokered, but there's just still such a such an emphasis on proprietary search, such an interest in it, such an insistence on continuing to do it. And yet- it, you know, it just, for all of the effort that it requires, it just seems to yield such thin benefits. Um, but but, but this, that, that didn't really surprise you? It's like, why, no. why do it? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> if only 10% or 12% of people, self-funded searchers are finding their deals that way, why yeah. do it?
1: Well, and again, if you're kind of comparing contrast the traditional um, model to the self funded model, you know, self funded obviously is paying for it for themselves, uh, yeah. for themselves. So their their timeline, their window, uh, economically works a little bit differently. So yeah, um, you know, if it's easier going the brokered route, it you know go ahead and do that because it yeah. seems to have been very successful.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, okay, another one that jumped out at me. Uh, you asked. Let's see. Do do you think your acquisition price valuation was fair? So this is, you know, these are self-funded CEOs who are looking back at their deal and being asked, hey, what you paid in retrospect, do you feel like it was fair? This number, (laughs) 98% said yes. So basically one person it was just one <laughs> no response that they were like, "No, my acquisition valuation price was fair um, how, how, how do you interpret interpret such a screaming uh, result
1: yeah, this is interesting, and again, the idea of it being brokered, I think the idea is that you sort of get taken advantage of if you're going down the brokered route, but you know most of them are getting their deals through the brokers, and uh, at the end of the day, they thought that their um, value was fair. Part of that though is one of the other questions was after did you have to material, materially renegotiate your deal after signed LOI? And I think what the, the answer was like, at least 50% said that they had to renegotiate the deal. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, to still kind of get it in that that fair valuation, there was a little bit of um, kind of a haggling or, or whatever the negotiation points were afterwards. But I thought that was an astounding number too, that people really did feel the valuation was fair. And- Part of that, and again, this is all our assumptions as to how it worked out fair, but with um, the self-funded model, especially going SBA, our, our constraints are a little bit different. They're debt service coverage driven versus the traditional model that can pay, afford to pay multiples for different reasons because you're bringing in a lot more equity versus SBA where they're, they're um more highly leveraged, so your affordability works a little bit differently. So your your valu- um, multiples valuation range is a lot different than the traditional world. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's um, sh- should have not have been a surprise that ninety seven percent felt their valuation was fairly priced.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. The SBA loan just basically, yeah, it sets constraints on what the multiple can really be, which is, you know, works in searchers' favor because they can just, you know, say the bank is the bad guy and like, I can only buy your business, you know, if we can, you know, get to a multiple in this range. Um, I also just saw that number as kind of just a testament to how compelling acquisition entrepreneurship is. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, people are pretty psyched with their, with the deal that they made. And, you know, yeah. part of what really draws us all to this space is how um, relatively affordable some of these, you know, great but small businesses are. And, and it's just it's it's kind of why a lot of people are here in the first place. And that's, this just kind of confirmed that. Cool. Let's move to um, how long it took people. So this one w- was kind of another, I thought, pretty positive uh, result. How long did you search before you found the deal that you closed on. So basically, you know, how how long would people search across these 49 searchers? And uh, let me get to that slide. Where is it? Um, yeah, it was 30% it? Yeah, tell, found tell their us. deal.
1: Yeah, 30% from the start of their search found and closed their deal within six months. That one was surprising. I thought yeah. that that Six month mark would have been less, but um, so 30% found their deal in less than six months. 60% found their deal, started searching and found their deal and closed on it within a year. So 60% started and closed within a year. And I thought that that was, to your point, well, I thought that was pleasantly surprising in a good way.
0: For sure. Um, You know, and I think this is especially, yeah, especially the 30% were less than six months. Um, that That's just, you know, we all are just told um, that we need to to, to expect a, a longer, a longer search than that. And, and to be responsible, we probably should. But it's nice to hear that fully 30%, 30% um, find something in less than six months. But I also yeah. wonder if, if part of the reason that we're surprised is because we've we've kind of been anchored to this 2 year number because we always hear that from the traditional search fund world um and kind of fail to to remind ourselves that that's very specific to traditional search funds not necessarily to to self-funded search um and so this 2 year number we really shouldn't kind of be anchoring to and according to this data, we should really be more anchoring to one year because it's kind of like that on the bell curve. It's kind of like one year. kind of seems to sit at the top of the bell curve.
1: Yeah. Now, the other 40 percent that took longer than a year, I'm, I'm, I know that <laughs> they would still caution yeah. folks that, uh, you, you know, you might have to put some time in. Yeah. Um, and you know, we probably would ask a more nuanced question on our next survey next year. We didn't differentiate between, OK, it was longer than a year, but we didn't differentiate. Well, was that you know, another three months or, you know, so we'll get better about asking some questions next time.
0: And, and, but you are right to point out. And so six of the respondents, so 12% of people did search for over two years. So not Mm -hmm. to say that, you know, it was, it was short, short searches for everybody at all. (laughs) August Felker is a two-time successful searcher. First with a traditional search fund. The second time around, he did a self-funded search. Today, August runs Oberly Risk Strategies, an insurance firm with a dedicated practice group for searchers and acquisition entrepreneurs like you. If you've got a business under LOI, Oberly will provide complimentary due diligence on that business's insurance and benefits program. A great no risk way to get to know August and team. They love helping searchers. They've worked with hundreds. Oberly is a specialty insurance brokerage for searchers by a former searcher. Check out oberly riskcom O-B-E-R-L-E hyphen risk.com, link in the show notes. How about this, the question about the, comp- the, the deal, how competitive the deal process was? So the question was, did you have a competitive deal process where multiple buyers were vi- vying for the LOI? 65% said no which I took to be another happy result. So 65% of, your, of these 49 successful searchers were not competing with other searchers or, or PE firms or whomever for their deals. Any, any interpretation on that one? No,
1: I thought that Speaks that, that was itself. really interesting. You yeah. know, uh, now obviously we're in an inflection point. And that's the other thing. It'll be interesting to see when we survey again using some of these same questions, now we're at an inflection point in what's happening in sort of the economy in the world today. Does that answer change? Are there less good deals out there? Uh, are, are there is there more competition for each deal that's, that's a good one now going forward? I don't know, but that did surprise me. I just, um, just sort of um, intuitively felt that, you know, it was much more competitive than that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that, and there's one of the questions we asked about what was the critical, critical success factors in sourcing and closing your deal that I thought was interesting. And Will, you reminded me, was like really, actually a, probably a really obvious question, but the seller relationship was so important. Um, 30% of respondents said the seller relationship is the, was the most important thing for them sourcing that deal and then closing it. So maybe this is kind of akin to that, that the sellers really like. This, these buyers so much that it it wasn't you know they weren't in competition with other buyers. I don't know if you can make That's that. A great jumble,
0: yeah, yeah, it's an it's an interesting connection. And and so let let's uh, segue into that question. What and and that was what do you think the critical success factors were in sourcing and closing your deal? As you said, Lisa. And so I'll just read the six answers here. It was perseverance, seller relationship, getting help from others, willingness to compromise efficient use of time, and then other. It's going to be hard for the audience to remember all of those. But the, the takeaway here is that the the two um, critical success factors, the, the winners from among those answers were perseverance. Uh, and this was, I guess, this was select all that apply, was was that how this answer um, was mm-hmm. offered to folks. So 74, 73% of searchers said perseverance was a critical success success <laughs> factor. Um not surprising. We all know how hard it is. And then uh, 60% said the seller relationship. And so, uh, that's all. yeah, as you said, that's also not surprising because my guests over and over and over just talk about how that, the rapport building, the trust building with their seller was is just was so key to making it all uh, come together. And not just from the seller's perspective, also from their own perspective and, and their own, you know, getting comfortable with actually moving forward with the transaction. So, um, Part-time versus uh, versus full-time searching. So did you conduct a full-time search? Yes was 67%, no was 33%. So um, I guess I'm a little surprised that the no was as high as that. I, I just had a searcher on whose whose interview hasn't yet aired, but he talks about how the, the difference when he went from part-time searching to full-time searching was just night and day where, you know, his, and this kind of is stating the obvious, but, you know, his, his learning, the, the acceleration of his learning was just so incredible that, anyway, he just wished he'd been full-time searching all the time and now is just a, a hard proponent of full-time search. So I, I guess I'm surprised that fully 33% of people w- were successful part-time searching. W- what, what do you see anecdotally among your, your clients, Lisa, on that right. question?
1: Just, just over the years, I, I would say the full-time search is just definitely the more successful approach. The, the interesting thing here is if we could have just gotten so complicated with our questions, that the follow-on to this is if you didn't con- conduct a full-time search, how long did it take you? I think that's the yeah. thing where people are thinking, yeah, you can conduct a, a part-time search, but it's going to take you way longer. Totally. I think that is maybe the assumption everyone makes. I don't know. That's a, a part when we saw this answer answer like, oh, we should have asked, well, how long did it take totally. you? Because that's, that's why you asked that question.
0: Totally. Um,
1: and that was the part we sort of missed in asking the question in the, the best way possible. Um, anyway, Yeah, like so those, I, those six I mean, people
0: who, who took longer than two years, like maybe it correlates yeah. perfectly to like they're okay. all part-time searchers sort of thing. Maybe.
1: So, uh, but I think that there are more full-time searchers now than there ever were. Because this idea of self-funded search, just observationally for me being a lender in the ecosystem over the years, being a full-time self-funded searcher is much more accepted and supported than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because before, like a few years back, that was kind of a weird concept. Now it's, you know, being a full-time search, I think you just think that it's going to put you in a more successful uh, position faster if you you can at all take on a full-time search.
0: Well, and it also just feeds on itself because it just makes the world of search that much more competitive. So if, you know, you're, you, the other searchers are out there all full-time searching, you're part-time searching, you're at a competitive disadvantage. And so that impels you to then full-time search. So it just kind of <laughs> forces us all in that direction. Um, okay. A couple more, Lisa, then then uh, I'm going to let you go here. But um, right. did you go up mark, uh, up or down market to compare to your original expectations? This was split essentially evenly, 50-50. So half of searchers went down market compared to what they originally expected. Half went up market. How do you interpret that one, Lisa?
1: You know, I thought that that was um, really interesting also because I think, and you and I talked about this, I think the, the common idea or common wisdom out there is that searchers will start with a higher number in mind. They get into a lot of competition with strategics or private equity, and um, those deals get gobbled up, so they have to come down market. So that part of it didn't surprise me. It was the other answer, oh, I actually bought a bigger business than I set out to do. So that to me, mm-hmm. that was the interesting mm-hmm. statistic there. And then you and I talked about it a little bit, because one of our questions we also asked was, did you have investors on your deal? And 44% of our self-funded searchers had investors, so... I'm I'm just making an assumption here that that the ability to go up market is now in combination with now there are SBA self-funded investor investors out there. So you can go up market when, when you can bring in more money. And I, and I just observationally see that that's definitely a trend that's happened. More investors in the market are allowing uh, bigger deals. I don't know if that's the connection here or not, but that's what came to mind for me.
0: And, and expand on that a little bit, Lisa, just, just separate from the findings themselves, but what you've seen in your own time in search and this availability of capital now to self-funded searchers. So what, when you started, it was like, you know, if they took investment at all, it was friends and family. And now there are actual uh, firms or funds set up specifically for searchers sort of thing. T- talk to me about yeah, what you've yeah. seen. That you that basically. you
1: encaps- encapsulated that really, really well. Um, our self-funded searchers, while um, they were coming from you know Harvard and MIT and going through the Stanford programs and things like that, coming in with that real professional um, resume that we see with our self-funded searchers. Um, you know back in 2017, 2018, there was more friends and family. and then as this concept of self-funded really took hold, and using you know SBA as a vehicle for that, and coming up with uh, economic models uh, that work for the investors uh, and institutional and just very professional investors coming in, figuring out how SBA can work for the searcher and the investor. That definitely um, has taken hold in the last couple of years. And then now there's there's lenders ourselves. Byline also has a, um, you know, an SBA senior plus live oak or plus junior debt there. Now there's loan products out there that will allow a larger loan to be financed, a larger structure to be financed also. And so the lenders have, have honed the ability to make that happen too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the, both the debt and the equity side has um, gotten um, just um, more, uh, I guess, professional on, on that idea of, of larger deals.
0: Well, it's all, it all at all strikes me as positive for searchers, just more more yeah. ways to get stuff done. Um yeah. cool. Uh let's do one more here, Lisa. How long did it take you to discuss valuation with the seller? Uh and the the answers to that were in the in terms of the number of calls. So one call, two calls, three calls, four calls. Two calls. Was the the clear outlier there? Forty seven percent, so almost half of people said it took them two calls to discuss valuation with the seller. And so what that means is like meeting the seller via phone via Zoom. When did they broach the topic first? Is that is that what that means? Mm-hmm. And most people waited exactly. to the second go. So the, so the first mm-hmm. call would be kind of a getting to know you, and the second call mm-hmm. would be a getting into you know brass tacks. Right. I guess.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so within the first two calls, what was the answer to that? I'm not actually pulling up my slide here, but between the first two calls, that would have been uh, the first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So within the first two calls would is fully 70 percent of people did it within the first two calls. Mm -hmm. But um, 27 percent did it in the first call. So they wasted no time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So uh, we would call that efficient.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) and then, and then you got fi- 14% who who were four or more calls mm-hmm. so they were they were really i guess cultivating a relationship with the seller before they started talking hard numbers
1: and again were those the proprietary deals that would have been you know there's once you see the yeah. data then you're like oh then you have more questions well why was that that are these the brokered deals and are you know so uh just Questions beget questions, you
0: know. Totally. Well, it's a great, uh, it's a great version one of, of, this, uh, of this information sorely mm-hmm. needed in the marketplace. As I said, I think Live Oak is super well positioned to do it. So I'm really glad you guys, you and Heather, just, you know, took the initiative. It's super, super cool. Where can people, um, where can people download this, this data? Lisa?
1: You know, we are going to be emailing it out to our entire network. I'm assuming we'll probably put it on LinkedIn and then we'll definitely live on our search fund landing page on our web pages. So also, if you wanted to email me, um, for those of folks that are, are sort of new to finding my stuff or Heather's and my stuff. If someone wanted to email me, I can make sure that they get it. That's lisa.forest, F O R R E S T, at liveoak.bank. And
0: is, and is it available now or is there kind of an official release We've date got or what?
1: Two more weeks. We're, we're going to maybe put a little bit of fancy, fancy stuff on the slides hmm. and then we're just going to get that out. But we're going to share all the raw data with you. We're gonna, uh, in the process of making it look pretty.
0: Cool, great. Um, well, thank you again, Lisa, for coming on, giving Acquire Mind, acquiring minds listeners a sneak peek. Very interesting. I encourage everybody to go um, and get the actual, the, the full data product here. There was a lot more that we didn't cover. Um, so, uh, thank thanks for your time, Lisa. Thanks for coming on, and I'm sure you'll be back on here before too long. All right. Thanks, Will. Thanks
1: so much, and hello, to all the listeners.